I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The legends are going on tour. And again, there's a silver lining. Dublin, February 27th, 2014. Olympic Theatre Dublin. Jamie Carragher and Diddy Herman. Their Champions League story. Robbie Fowler, Steve McManaman and Jason McAteer. Norway, 26th and 27th of March, 2014, in Oslo and Bergen. All the details online, fivetimes.co. Tickets already selling fast. Don't be the one to miss out. Fivetimes.co. Hello and welcome to this Christmas special, the Five Times Liverpool Former Players Podcast. Uh, we're here in uh, a restaurant, Gusto and uh, on the Whittle, where a few of the lads live. And with me today, our chairman of the former players, and we're delighted to have Mr. Jan Mulby, our chairman. Well done. So the chairman's turned up, lads. We've got to be on our best behaviour. Mark Wright is he is here. And David Thompson, who is the first time, David, I think, on the podcast for you. Making my debut, St. Go Easy on me, pal. <laughs> well, we'll be asking, obviously, what you've been up to, because uh, you disappeared off the radar for a bit, haven't you? Yeah, I have. I've been in uh, business, to be honest with you, Saint. I've been um, I got into a loans business and um, a trading business, and then I got bored of that, so I went and got my badges, and I'm looking to get back into it. Oh, so, yeah. um, I mean, business is not dynamic enough for me. It's not like uh, football where every day is different. You know, there's always a bit of banter or anything like that. Business is. Uh, I'm too impatient for it. Right. So you, you you've got your badges now. You saying now, yeah? Yeah. Got yeah. the A and the B and. Um, looking to progress it I've been going into uh, Stoke working with Mark Hughes and Eddie Nidswicky and uh, I guess some experience under my belt Jan our chairman what's the year been like for you watching Liverpool I think uh, I think the best you can kind of hope for is progress isn't it uh, we, we, we're not going to be able to go out and buy ourselves a team that's going to win us the Premier League so we have to build towards that and I think the progress has been good I think the transformation in certain players has been exceptional and I think that's the hallmark of a, of a good coach you make the players you've got better uh-huh. and then hopefully when you when you do dip into the transfer market you also get a bit lucky which, which I have to say we haven't been you know mm-hmm. I haven't been overly impressed with the business that we did in the summer mm-hmm. but uh, but I am impressed with the way that we've been playing you know? mm-hmm. OK Mark your impression no I totally agree with Yen. I think some of the um, some of the buys haven't haven't set the world alight but I think what, what Brendan is, is exceptional at is improving the players and I mean the, the transformation since he got here of Jordan Henderson has, has been for me has, has been has been unbelievable because you know he was always going sidewards and backwards and probably backwards first and now every time he gets it he pops it around the corner he tries to link up he tries to get in the box I think he needs to improve in certain areas but certainly for what Brendan brings is that confidence and he believes in players he gives him the encouragement to go and Get on the stage and go and, and go and perform, and, and you can see that throughout the team that they are, like Jan's saying, is, is that they are progressing. Um, it would be great to see, you know, one or two in the window, Jan, real top-class international players coming. Because if that was the case, 
then you would say, you know, for the rest of this season, that they would have a great chance, not only of making the top four, yeah, but actually having a go, because no matter what anybody says, they say, you know, people, people say that Liverpool won't make the top four, or they won't, um, or they're not going to compete. The reality is they are, yeah. no matter what anybody says. And there are certain games when you think, you know, they let themselves down, you know, they, when they didn't turn up against Southampton. Um, but Hull, Hull City? I mean, Hull City, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think Hull is twofold right here, isn't it? You know, you lose three one against a team that doesn't score goals. Yeah. You know, and that's always a worry, isn't it? You know, but I think if you talk about the top four, and and, and, and this is what this is about, isn't it? You make predictions, and I've said all along that I can't have Manchester United in the top four. I don't think they're good enough. And what I'm seeing from Spurs, I can't see them either. No. So in my eyes, there's only five teams fighting to get in that top four, and and one of them is is, is our neighbours, you know, Everton, because yeah, they're because the they're. They're playing really, really well. You <coughs> can't deny that, you know. And, and what they've got is they've got <coughs> that wow factor happen with their younger players, you know, Ross Barkley and De- mm. Delafeu, yeah. and you know, players. Lukaku is only a kid, and they, they make a hell of a difference. Those players, you know. So, so, so they'll be in a, in a battle to try and get in that top four. Have you been impressed, Davy? What you've seen this year? I have been impressed, to be honest, Saint. They um, they've exceeded my expectations. I think there was a little bit of disappointment from my uh, from the Simon from the signings that we were linked with the likes of Diego Costa I mean I would have been really excited if we'd have got him from Atletico Madrid and also I thought we were linked with uh, Ericsson I would have liked it if we you know, possibly added one or two of that nature um, the signings that we, the, the signings that we got I think they're still young they're still developing we, you know, we're yet to see the best of them um, but as you know, Mark said before there's, um, there's potential there with Brendan the way he nurtures talent and I mean, this season I have been impressed with uh, Luis Suarez. Again, he's gone on to another level. And Jordan Henderson, I've been particularly imp- impressed with that lad. But I think he's playing in the position that he prefers now and the, pre- the position he wants to play. That is sometimes, you know, an area that well, maybe fans don't quite understand. They think a footballer can go onto a team, play a position like you know, no problem. But certain players need to be in a position that suits them, suits yeah, their no. ability. Right. And, and the thing with Davies saying about Jordan Henderson. You know, the manager is, is now getting him to do things that I never thought he could do. I can relate to that, Saints. I mean, I, I was always a centre midfield player yeah, yeah. coming through the ranks. Has to play wide. And then has to play wide and then just got pigeonholed. I was never, a, I never ever felt like a wide player. I always felt mm. like I was a, a player mm. who could create things in the middle of the park. And I always feel like I never fulfilled my potential because I played out wide. But I can relate to that now that, you know, People thought that Jordan was an average player, just a straight up and downer, but he's got yeah. more to his bow. He's yeah. a hell of a powerful lad and he closes people down, he does the right things, he's making the right decisions now, and he can, he can, he can break, uh, you know, break him behind the lines, and people can't cope with him. They can't po- cope with that powerful runner. Especially late on in the game, Saint. Yeah. You know, when he's very fit. One goes he, around, as he? He keeps going. Yeah, I, I've always thought about Jordan. Uh, that, that when he came he was he didn't get close to people and he always threatened to do something but then didn't do it yeah. and I think that Brendan has brought out that said listen there's no point getting there unless you actually do something and I think he's that's the bit that's, impro- that's, in, that's improved and impressed me a lot is now he's making challenges whereas before he wasn't and he is linking up I still think I he think can work on more on the front foot now though they are you know they, they, they've been used to being under the you cosh know. a little bit but they've got players who actually keep the ball now and when they lose it they are on the attack to try and get it back. It helps. Do you know what Jan said something the other day? He, he, he made me laugh at the uh, players. Do he said that that's the way we used to play all the time? Is what they played against uh, Spurs. Uh-huh. 
And it's right, because when I came to Liverpool, um, Saint, when I actually joined, <coughs> we joined in the, um, the, the five-a-sides and the, and the, and the a possession play, and I'd been playing for England. It was something I'd never seen before. Yeah. I mean, honestly, me and Dean, Dean Saunders and myself, we came here, and we went, what? <laughs> what is this? Because everything was on the front foot. Everything was to step towards someone. When, when, you're, when you're jockeying, you go backwards. This was, Ronnie Moran used to bang us on the head every day. Step forward, go and close them down. So I think now they're starting to get the old mentality, it's, Yank, a little bit more of that old mentality. It's, 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 very, it's a very simple way of playing, mm. but it's an unbelievably difficult thing to do. The you energy's know. happened, isn't it? Yeah, but also to have that mental it is, that's the strength that's of, of all you do is go forward. The moment you go towards the player, that player is going to panic, isn't it? But your tendency is always to drop, isn't it? Mm. We, we even, when we commentate in our games ourselves, sometimes you go drop back into position. But we never did that. We always stepped forward. And, and, and it takes, I mean, you, you talk from all experience, right? It took you a while, didn't it? Let me tell you. Before you realised, wow. And then once you get it, you can't have any other way of playing, can no, you? No, no, it's brilliant. <coughs> it's absolutely outstanding. It's the, that was the biggest difference when I came from... From playing with, you know, Derby was a lesser club and obviously Southampton was a lesser club, but then you come to a club like this, but you played for England. And all of a sudden, the training was like a, another step on again. It, it can't do anything but really improve your game. But playing with other people like, you know, playing and training with the likes of Jan and, yeah, and Russian, all them, you, you step on. You didn't, you, you got to play against us. Yeah. Because you weren't good enough to get in our five aside. <laughs> you know, so. Well, I did, then I did you got, go. to, you got to play against us, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, on Wembley every Friday, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, Wembley was uh, one of the pitches at Anfield, at uh, Melwood, that was kept specifically for mm. Fridays, yeah, or yeah. maybe if the, maybe the reserves had a special game or whatever, yeah, they, yeah. Might, they might play in it. But it was called Wembley because nobody got on that yeah, pitch, yeah. you know, and no. the groundsman protected you it. You weren't even allowed to walk across it, Oh, get off that pitch! I know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, th- the thing about Liverpool, I mean, Davey's talking about now going into coaching, getting his badges and going into coaching. Liverpool, as we know, and it must have changed over the years, I'm sure it has, but there was no coaching, Davey, as coaching, like team formations and how we play and what your job is compared with other people's job. It was, you were expected to understand it anyway, but when you went into it, first of all, at training, everybody played to the limit, didn't they? I mean, you played to win. As you know, every five aside, you're trying to win. There was a lot of many, many a fight at training <laughs> because people are trying to win you know there was no lazy players or stand around players because a five a side game was as important as a Saturday game coming up wasn't I, it I, I, I come from a coaching background don't I? When, when I play Ajax and at Ajax they break things down you know they break the faces of play down mm. and you play out from the back and you do all those things we never did that at Liverpool you get thrown in and you play but that's the coaching in itself because you're developing all the time and you're seeing how other people are doing it, it's coaching without the instructions nobody told you what to do you had to find your own way, didn't you? Yeah, that's what you know. confused me. You know, when I made my debut, you never ever feel ready. And then when you get given your debut, it's almost as if like you need to go and ask someone, yeah, yeah. how do you play? Yeah, yeah. You know, how Just do like, I? Well, what do you want me to do? <laughs> and, and you're asking people what they want you to do, and they're like, we've just picked you, you go yeah. out and play, you know, so that's yeah. the difficult part, it's... Uh, I, I used to love Ronnie Moran when you question anything yeah. with Ronnie Moran, yeah. and he'd just look at you and he'd go, <laughs> if, you, if you don't know by now, <laughs> you'll never know, and you go... <laughs> hey, but you were one of his favourites, Yankee, all the boys, yeah, yeah. all the other boys that came in, uh, and that came in, we used to get battered every day by Ronnie. Absolutely. What was his, fam- his famous quote was, his, his, uh, 
Football football's a simple game complicated by footballers. Yeah. <laughs> and he was right, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. You know what's great about Ronnie is that he'd be telling Jan something, telling him, saying, well, you played well, you did something, but really he's, 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 he's telling it so that I heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everyone, you know, so, so you're learning every day just yeah, from what yeah. they're saying maybe to other, to other people. But I think the process of years ago, Jan, for you lot, was the selection of the players that came in? They had a fantastic yeah, yeah. the way they worked it, and they put you in the reserves for a number, yes. you know, for a number of years. You didn't hit the first team straight away, did you? I mean, it was incredible. And every time when we when I was playing at Southampton, we finished second to the could not. They were the only team that we could not beat. And that goes to I think that goes to everyone all around the country. That that, yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. that, that, that in that era, that Liverpool were exceptional. And I hope that Liverpool do get back to it. I think they're on the right lines from playing football-wise and mm-hmm. trying to, and, you know, and the pressure and stepping on and trying to do it. But I think it all it all hinges yeah, at this moment in time on football. Doesn't allow you to be the best anymore. You need to be. We back in the day, Liverpool were the best at finding players and having a system, whatever. Yep. That's not yep. enough anymore. Football doesn't allow you to. That. You need more, don't you? That's money, isn't it? Yeah, because there'll always be somebody, won't it, that will be able to outbid you and buy better players. You know. Right. We have to develop a lot of oh. our own players, you know, because we can't buy them, can we? we don't. Although, I have to say, we'll come back and Tom always mentioned Diego Costa and we were linked with other players, weren't we, in the £30 million bracket. So I just wonder if, if that money is still available, you know? <coughs> money doesn't buy everything, they're saying. No, no. Look at Spurs. Can't buy I mean, them. They spent £100 million, haven't they? And yeah. they are, at this moment in time, and I have to say it, they are shocking. They don't look to have passion yet, and they look all big, cumbersome some people. Of, some of them players, so money don't buy it. are good players, so. I just, I just think they did not have the respect for that village Bowers. Or was he playing the wrong system? To did they get fed up? Were they bored of him or something? There was a lack of motivation mm. from that team. Yeah. I don't, I don't particularly think they were bad players. I watched Saldado yeah, last season. You know, they, these are good proven players. Players are ruthless, aren't they? Yeah, they smell <laughs> a weakness and they'll get you out. So don't you think? <laughs> looking at what happened to him at Chelsea and at Spurs, is he a fraud? Those boys, yeah. I, 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 I am, I am mystified that that man can not only get one job in England but can get two yeah. top yeah. jobs. But the reaction of the players he's worked with gives me the impression that he's a fraud. If he was fifty years of age, he might have got the respect, right? Yeah. Just because you know he was that age, that, that age bracket. But being the age he is, people expect something special. You know, he did achieve things with Porto, but did he inherit a squad <coughs> from Mourinho? I mean, I don't know. I, I, wouldn't call, I wouldn't call him a fraud, but... No, but I've just looked at the reaction from the players, Tom. I mean, you're saying that the players are better than what they are. We know that the players at Chelsea are better than what they produced when he was there. So why don't they produce? It's a great question, but I'd come back to it and, and think, some of them players are the same age as him, yeah, yeah. and he's never played the game at any level. So maybe that maybe it's to do, do with do the fact that how can you be telling me how to play the game when you've never actually played the game? Yeah, and we've both been involved, at, you know, at a less level in, in, in management. And, and I think the biggest art, which I think Brendan does have, Brendan Rodgers has this in abundance, he knows how to manage players and yeah, people. Yeah. He's exceptional at that. He keeps them on his side. That's He's making sure. And, 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 and for anybody who wants to go into management, it is about that, yeah. Yankee, of learning how and, you know, what, what makes certain people tick and how to keep them on side. And I think Brendan... Like I said before, he's very, very good at that. He never, ever criticises one of his players, like people, great managers in the past, didn't, did they? A, they keep it in-house. Yeah. There's, a, there's a lower league manager who's still in, in, in a job who, who used to introduce himself to the players when he got new jobs, you know, and he used to say, listen, everything you've heard about me is true. I have no friends in the game. I don't care about anyone else. You couldn't, you couldn't do that anymore, could you? 
You wouldn't get away with that anymore. No, no, uh, no, no. Now you've got to put your arm around everybody and go, listen, I love you. Yeah. But that's how you. Gone are the days of stringing people up. How did they react when you said that, Ian? How did they react when you said that? You just keep away from the pastries, yeah. pastries you. <laughs> can, we, can we turn it to, to Christmas time? Here yeah. we are. Now, I don't know what the, the arrangements are in, in today's football, what Brendan Rodgers will do with his team over the Christmas period. But going back to say, my day, your day, or when we all played, <coughs> can you explain to the fans what it was like to see you, Jan, back then at Christmas? Do you think... You, yeah, I think the clubs today really panic, don't they, over Christmas? <laughs> yeah. I think they do, and I, I think they think, well, you know, how can we? I know that the players are a lot more sensible, but I think the clubs in a certain way panic. You know what happens if you, he has a piece of turkey too much? You know, what I mean? <laughs> but you know. So, so you well, go, done the whole turkey. Well, do you remember when we remember we got our little frozen turkey? You know what I mean? Oh God! Remember that? Yeah, yeah. yeah that was a Christmas gift of the club. Little frozen <laughs> turkey. Stick it in the back of the car. Can, can I tell uh, you my, my turkey story? We all at Christmas, every player got a turkey. Yeah, first team players all got a turkey. Everybody got a turkey. So uh, I was getting to the, the end of my career just before I was finishing, and I'd played a game in the reserves because you know my time was was up. And uh, I think Bob or Joe or somebody said, uh, you know, your turkeys go and pick them up down there. And I was in the manager's office, the little office we used to have just off the corridor there, and. Uh, the turkeys were there so no it was in the snooker room they were on the snooker table so I went down and had a look and I had a, had a couple of kids so I'm looking for a reasonable sized turkey and I went yeah I'll take this one you know and there was a guy called Bill Barlow who, who worked in the office who didn't like me and I didn't like him and he went hang on a minute I went what is it he said there for the first team <laughs> <laughs> what, what he says there's yours there and these little tiny things there. <laughs> I went, right, straight up the corridor, bang on Shanks' door. Come on. I said, right. I says, I know that's it. Finished. I said, writing's on the wall, and uh, I'm out of here. He went, what is it? I said, I went from a turkey. I said, and they gave me, they gave me a budgie. I said, oh, son, don't. I said, I'm telling that, is it? And I stormed out, went home, and said, wife, you better go and buy a turkey. <laughs> But that, we, we, so they were still getting the turkeys when you were playing. Oh, we still yeah. got the turkeys, yeah. And, uh, but we had a Christmas dinner at the club. Uh, you know, we ate up the stair at Anfield uh, after training every day. Shanks, that was one of the things he did when he when he went to the club, got it organised. Because before him, players, there was no lunch for the players. They'd just go to pubs and things, you know, and a pie and a pint and all sorts of things. So he made sure, bump, I mean, he organised all that, but... Uh, staff in, players went up the stair after, after training, after you showered up and you had your lunch well at Christmas it was a Christmas lunch <laughs> a turkey and all that and Shanks said now boys you know and uh, and you can have a sherry <laughs> with one glass of <laughs> yeah, sherry <yeah. laughs> and that, that was, that. so the young lads apprentices and that would come up and the, the first team players would go hey you know having that sherry give us that sherry you know. <laughs> pinch all the kids sherry <laughs> so we, we'd get about half a dozen <laughs> sherry but that, that was for the first few years and then the players started thinking oh, we should have our own <coughs> Christmas dinner so what we did we'd pretend we were eating the one up the stair <laughs> And then we all went 
did you? Uh, yeah, went yeah. down to a, a pub restaurant thing, yeah. and that was when the Christmas party started. Yeah. That, that followed on with all the the teams afterwards yeah, yeah, and the seventies, yeah. eighties, and everything. And it went to that extent, yeah. fancy dress and all sorts. But that's how it started. Was um, were a glass of sherry up there. <laughs> Bill Shankler was very strict with drinking because he didn't drink himself, and he, he obviously from his career as a player. He knew that players were like who did like a drink. It, it was a, the festive season, and people would eat and drink too much. And he was always on about it. Watch what you're eating. Watch, don't be drinking. Don't you know? And, and really having a, a right go at it. Now, Bob Paisley, I think, w- would be the same as Shank, trying to keep the, the, the ball rolling that way. And Joe would be Joe Fagan after him as well. So when you fellas were playing. Say Christmas Day, for instance, we got up, get the kids a presents, all the rest, of it, and then down at Anfield because we were training. Yeah. Mm. Everybody trained on Christmas yeah, Day, right. didn't I mean, they? That was the only time of the year they'd change it slightly, wouldn't it? They'd, they'd have you in for nine thirty train. I don't know if it was the same yeah. your day. We train at nine thirty, get it done, go back home, have your Christmas dinner, and we'd always meet at four o'clock, regardless of whether we play home and away on a Boxing Day. And it takes us away to a hotel somewhere. You know? So that's how they covered the back, as it were, making sure that. I think it's just yeah. I think it is yeah. covering your own back and go. Listen, we got the players. We know what they're up to. You know, but yeah. it's it's one of those things that's always exaggerated through time, isn't it? How much we drank or how much we didn't drink. You know, people think that's all you did. We, we never drank two, three days before games because you can't play then. You know. Well, that's right. And, and you want to play well. You know, the, the thing about Liverpool was, at the end of a game, we know. Well, some did. I I don't have any recollection or proof of that, but. The thing with Liverpool is that they always felt that after the game of football, you're entitled to. Yes, it was almost like you deserved the beer. So we had a year where we played the 26th and the 27th. You know, we played a home against Manchester United on Boxing Day. We played Sheffield Wednesday away on the 27th. After the United game, which we lost one at Anfield, when we got to the hotel in Sheffield, we had a couple of beers. Although we were playing the next day, because well, yeah, but you've just played. Mm. So game of football, a few beers. Got up the next morning, we beat mm. Sheffield Wednesday. You know, so there's no right and wrong, is it? I mean, if you drink twenty pints of lager, it's wrong, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you know, but two or three, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It, well, yeah. <coughs> I don't think it's a problem. Um, I never did yank, and I don't you know, like you didn't. I wouldn't drink uh, two days before a game. Never did, and uh, right. I just thought it was just it was just built in me that I always felt that you know if you did, it's going to take some away from you, and you don't want you know you need everything you can yeah. playing the top flight football. You need to be at your best at all times. I know that certain players. You know, did drink and they did go out. I mean, but it's also how you in yourself, how you when you, you know wake what? after the drink, you know how you feel, don't you? So you go, well, I don't want that on the match day. No, know? God rest his soul, Alan Ball used to when I played at Southampton towards the end of his career, he did. But when when he came, when he when he turned out, he was still brilliant. Uh, yeah. So there are the exception to the rule, I suppose. I but don't, I, I, mean, I don't think you could you could get away with it now, though, right? No, so not with the distance that these lads covering a game some of them are up to 14 kilometres in a game you know and they're playing two or three times a week and the high intensity as well is up to 1500 2000 metres I don't think you could have a couple of drinks and, and, and get away with it you've got to be a well oiled machine to be able to, to, to continue yeah. that's true but to continue <laughs> continue them distances I mean if you play two or three games in a week you're running more than a marathon including then you're putting your training sessions in there you need, your body needs to recover I don't think you get away with it but how can you compare the, the yardage of running now compared with the yardage say that, that I did in, in the 60s in the team I played in because there was nobody doing any yardage charts and yeah, time yeah. and so I, how I, can you compare it you know we might have been running more 
I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I'm not taking anything away no, because you can only can play. The, yeah, I yeah. Mean, but I've watched some of them games, Saints, and the, the, the way you've moved, moved the ball from round the back and the way you kept hold of the ball, and some of them games were a lot slower. I'm not taking anything away from you guys now, but you you should be able to see for yourself the, the intensity of these games now. Even the balls are lighter, the boots are lighter, yeah, the kit's yeah, lighter. Yeah. I mean, some of, the, some of them kits you used to wear, bloody hell, they were like Gore-Tex. <laughs> and the pitches and mud. I think the pitches. You know, we're through the mud and all that. Of course it slowed the game up. And uh, the game, uh, no two ways about it, the game is quicker. But uh, I'm just wondering now, are, are we over-obsessed with that? You know, the, how, how much yardage you run... You you could do a lot of running, great yardage, but you might be running square and back, you know, rather than us run, running forward. You know, it's, it's the the type of runs you're making, and the damage you you afflicting on on the opposition with your runs, as rather than say, well, hey, yeah, he's run X amount of Coming miles. Back to Christmas period, though. I mean, I was always one of them. It, it, Christmas never really bothered me. No. Christmas never bothered me because it was just another time where we played more games and. Uh, it still doesn't bother me now, and I don't play, so I feel like bar humbug. <laughs> <laughs> I think to myself, what's everyone getting excited for? Here? I've got three games here. <laughs> I've got to go and watch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, as, as I say, I, I don't know if the players of today even have a a, a beard or something. I think they, they sh- I mean, footballers are footballers. I would think that they, if they want to go and have a, a beard, I'm sure they would do. I'm not saying they go and get bluttered, but I would think they would, they would have a beer if they wanted to. They certainly don't get drunk anymore, do they? I would don't, I've never been with them. I don't. Know. No, but I don't think footballers today get drunk. They might have a glass of wine. They might have a beer. Well, I read in the papers about guys in brawls outside nightclubs and things. Well, what are they mean, doing? I think, you know? they I think the opportunity maybe. I think generally, and I also think because they don't drink, when they do drink, you know, there's a there's a there's a reaction, isn't it? Mm. Players who don't drink, you know. Yeah, I agree with that. Full of full of energy and whatever you know. We used to get breathalysed at uh, Blackburn. Just ran, random breath, breathalysed test going out onto the training pitch. They would breathalyse them. Yeah. Who was the manager then? Um, that wasn't the manager's. That wasn't the manager's decision. That was the doctor's decision. Yeah, Doctor yeah. Batty at Blackburn, and that was under under Suey. Suey was manager then. He was all he was all for that. The no, manager not, wouldn't let you drink. But nobody. You had a manager wouldn't let you eat pastries. Yeah. What a what a career you've had, Tom. <laughs> and, and, and you and Graham Souness was the manager. Yeah, he was. He was the manager. Who, who was? Uh, well, we was a man two. who himself liked the odd glass. Yeah. <laughs> I was. Uh, I was in London uh, when I worked on a Saturday in London, and I went to a Liverpool game uh, down there. The lads were playing, and uh, Bob said, "You you want to live back, you know, to Liverpool?" And I went, "Oh yeah, Bob." I said, "I was going to get the train, but behind it, I take me back to to Liverpool." Uh, so I got on. Now the difference between the sixties when when we shanks wouldn't allow any drink on board or anything, you know, you couldn't do it. And there they are, Liverpool have got the wines comes out and soon as and them and they're all drinking away there and I thought, well, I mean this is party time here. <laughs> you know, so by the time Hey I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. 
Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. They got off at Anfield, if they had a right good skinful. Now, I don't know that Sunes then became a manager and became very strict, didn't he? But it was a case of when he was a player, he, he, he enjoyed himself. He pulled a great one with, with me saying when... We had a game, I think it was around the Christmas period, um, Blackburn versus Fulham, and uh, I had a fight at half-time with Craig Short. Now, I couldn't have picked anyone I couldn't have picked anyone bigger to have a fight with or stronger. And there was murder at half-time. We were 2-0 down at the time. Anyway, we come back and we drew 2-2. So we had the right, you know, you know, it had the right effect. And on the Monday, I thought to myself, um, I'm going to get done two weeks' wages here. The gaffer pulls me into the office and he said to me, you see that what happened on Saturday and I thought oh god here's two weeks wage and he went to me I love all that I absolutely love all that and he gave me this bottle of wine it was a bottle of wine called Peter Michael and I didn't drink wine I was only on Budweiser you know. well, as I got out of the office I googled it the, the wine was worth about 400 quid I thought oh, oh get in just fighting every week and you then drank it and the doctor breathalyzed you yeah. the story goes that I mean, I was playing quite well at the time, but I was always a chubby kid. You know, I was always never had a six-pack and never ripped. I never had the lowest body fat. You know, so I wasn't a bit. I wasn't like Jan. You weren't as fit as me, no. I wasn't yeah. as fit as him. Yeah. But I was. I was always the same. And then when Gerard came, he pulls me into the office one day and he says, um, uh, "He wasn't happy, like." And he went, "Tomo, look at you. You are fat." And I thought to myself. You know, if you've got no tact, can you not put that a little bit better? Like, you're slightly overweight, mate. So I got all defensive and I thought to myself, no, I'm not fat. And I said, well, I've always been the same, Gaffer, you know, but nothing's changed. You know, I still eat well and, and you know, I'm just one of them, you know, I'm just big boned. <laughs> so anyway, about two or three weeks passed and I tried my best to lose a bit of weight. But anyway, we're on the train down to London and we were... We were spread over two carriages, and the gaffer was in the second carriage, and uh, we're all playing cards at the back of the first carriage. So the lady comes past with the tea trolley and the pastry, right? But where I was sat, nobody in the second carriage could possibly see me. You could only see my hand, right? So she comes past with the trolley, and she said, "Do you want a tea?" I said, "Yeah." She went, "Want a cake?" I said, "Yeah." So I reached out, grabbed a piece of cake, pulled it back to the table, and I finished it off. On the Monday after the game, the gaffer pulls me in the office again, and he said to me, "How are you getting on?" And I said, "Gaffer, I'm doing really well. I, you know, I've been watching what I eat." And he went, "No, you didn't. You eat the cake. You eat the cake." Someone's grasped me up. They must have grasped me up. So there was a spy in the camp, was there? Something was, yeah, there was a leak in the camp. You mentioned before, Jan, about the, the Christmas parties that had stretched from the 60s, which was just a you know a Christmas dinner, a few ales and whatever, to 
the, the dress shop, fancy dress parties. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, I mean, how big a do was that? Well, it was obviously legendary. I mean, I, I joined in 1984, uh, and we get towards Christmas, and everybody's getting overexcited, aren't they? You know, they decided it's always a Sunday night. We're having our Christmas party. It's fancy dress. So what happens is you roughly meet at one o'clock in town, go to from like a bit on a on a on a, on a pub crawl, you know, from pub to pub. You have a few beers in your fancy dress. And I'm thinking, you know, 1984 with a, with the best football team in Europe. We're walking around Liverpool. I mean, John Bar well, not John Barnes wasn't there then, but a few years later, he's walking around Liverpool dressed as Tina Turner. You know, I mean, this is what we're talking. You know. You then get back to, to the local hotel. Remember, we used to come back to the hotel and we'd have a picture. One of the newspapers would buy the picture and they'd have it on the back page the next day. Fancy dress, and it was a bit of a competition. People had to guess who was who, you know. Yeah. They would pay us a little fee for that. Every player would have, could buy three tickets for the party, but you needed a ticket yourself. And then you could buy two tickets for two of your mates, and you wouldn't get in without a ticket. So we'd, we'd have a bite to eat in a, in a local. Uh, hotel and then we go to a, to a nightclub which was just rented out for us you know and in that nightclub everything was free you know all the booze and whatever and in there was would be the first year I was there Chubby Brown was, was the comedian you know oh, really? and then all the players who's never been to a Christmas party before have to get on stage and sing and that's including the new pros they've signed but also the youngsters who, who've been promoted from being uh, the boot boys or apprentices into to pros you know so that was a real you know I mean you've got to sing a song and then the audience, which is all the players and their friends, they decide whether you're any good or not, you know. And it's always depend on how much beer they throw over you. If you just throw if you just throw pints, you're doing okay. But if it's buckets of beer, you're having a nightmare, you know. And I sung wonderful, wonderful Copenhagen, you know what I mean? Like, and everybody just looked at me, but I got away with it, you know, but I've seen some shows, you know. I tell you brilliant times. But it was just it was just simple male bonding, wasn't it? It was. It was absolutely fantastic. You know, I can remember the first one I came to. I was it the first one or the second one? I had to get. I had to get up, but it was Paul Stewart, and uh, we said, "Come on, we'll get up together." And he told us the song, and I'm dressed as a German with shorts on and wellies, and he's dressed as a Roman, right? And we get up onto this, onto the. It wasn't a stage, was it? It was just a, like a, a place, and there's all everyone gathered around with their pints because they're thinking, "If it ain't good, you're getting all this over you." And do you know the song that he, he had told us, and that Paul, Paul Stewart, had said, "Listen, we got to sing a song." And, German, and we, we've got a Roman, zippity doo da. <laughs> <laughs> oh, within a second, we, we went zippity doo da. I mean, two, he's a fucking midfield, I'm the centre out, and we got showered within seconds. Because <laughs> when he gets showered, you've got to try and sing through it, but then all of a sudden, but you have to finish off, don't you? Yeah, yeah. No matter what goes on, but they, were, yeah, they yeah. were great times. You know, some of my mates who, um, who came. Them parties still reminisce about yeah. how good they actually were, even did, today. Best parties ever. Did your pals have to dress up as well? Yeah, everybody, oh, everybody, oh, everybody. everybody, and you wouldn't get in. No, you can't. You wouldn't get in. There was only ever one player who, who refused it, who didn't turn up in fancy dress because he thought we were winding them up. You know what it was like in a day. Uh. <laughs> and that was Ronnie Rosenthal. <laughs> Ronnie Rosenthal had turned up in a pair of jeans and a horrendous shirt. <laughs> and we go, it's fancy dress. He goes, yeah, but I think you're only joking. No, Ronnie, this is fancy dress. I said, but Judson, by you. Why don't we just get you a hat and you look like a cowboy, you know? What I mean? yeah, that's, 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 that's how we got away with it. Yeah, you know? yeah. Got him a toy gun and a hat, so he's a cowboy, you know? What is this? You know, and Ronnie didn't drink either, you know what I mean? Uh, but, uh, uh, apparently I went to many, but I can't remember any. No, that was the idea, wasn't it? And then always, always, always you had to train the next day. You did. 
not for any of not for any benefit in in, in, in terms of, of physical <coughs> physical work just to get you in oh. and the staff loved it didn't they oh. you come in there some players hadn't been to bed you know no. you just drink in the nightclub till five o'clock in the morning go back to the hotel have a bite and go in train for train and the staff used to love it didn't they you know yeah. Yeah, in, yeah. telling you one about that as a follow on to that the next day we go into to training after you've had a right skimful and Ian Rush is running around and he's like looking, looking like yeah, you do on look death's door right? yeah, yeah. and then <laughs> Ronnie Brown went up to him and said, Tosh, you okay? You okay? He went, oh, I feel too good. He went, go and get yourself a massage and a nice yeah. hot bath in there. He said, got, we need you for Saturday. Go and get yourself in there. Yeah. We, go we, ra- we go around it again, and Paul Stewart over the far side goes, he's sick. And he goes, Paul Stewart, you okay? He went, no, I'm not feeling too good. He went, if you can't stand the heat, stay yeah, out of the yeah, kitchen. Yeah, you're a disgrace to the profession. <laughs> well, there's Bugsy having his, yeah, yeah, his yeah, favourites yeah, again, yeah. which was unbelievable. <laughs> We, we just stress, you know, the party was on a Sunday and our next game wouldn't be to the following Saturday. Yeah, so yeah, was, yeah, yeah. there was always plenty of time to recover. You know? <coughs> well, I, I think, I mean, the players are not daft. I mean, your, your profession comes first and, you know, the, the party times have got to fit in with yeah, yeah. everything mm. else. When, when We used to go to Blackpool. That was our little break uh, for warm weather training. We went to Blackpool. Uh, and it became a bit of a ritualist because we always won on the day we're going, the Saturday night we're going, and we always won on the Saturday after that, you know. And we were only there two nights, and <laughs> the boss never came. He never came. He didn't want to see us drinking and enjoying ourselves, you know. So Bob would be in charge and Ruben and, and whatever. Uh, and we were allowed out on a Saturday, no curfew, you, you know. So we, we hit Blackpool on a Saturday night and all had have a good time. And then on the, the Sunday... It was a rest. We didn't do anything on a Sunday, but it was a curfew at night. Ten o'clock would he be in? And we've not got a game till the following Saturday. And we were training the next morning. We always trained on the Monday morning. Uh, so, seemingly, some of the lads <coughs> broke the curfew. I can't name names, but, you know, one of them was rooming with me, Big Yatesy. broke a curfew now this is okay so Bob's waiting for her coming in and going right that's it that's it you'll be going home you'll be going home and we we all we got 10 shillings which is 50p in today's money spend the money a night so we got 10 bob a night so we got 2 quid we're going to be there 4 nights 2 quid (laughs) he says you you're going home he says you owe me a pound <laughs> oh my god. Oh, I mean, when, you, when, you, when you think back on it. Oh, good. But uh, as I say, I don't. Uh, if, you, if you took liberties at the football club, I think you were in trouble. Mm. You didn't take liberties, really, you know. They'd allow you a bit of license, of, you know, a bit of a leeway. But in the main, if you stepped over the mark at the wrong time, and I, I, think, I think your teammates would, would tell you, wouldn't they? Don't you think so? If you, well, if you're not performing, they're getting on you, aren't they? Right. Yeah. Again, it's great man management, isn't it? It's self-policing, isn't it? It is, yeah. Self-policing. It is self-policing. What would you say, lads, look, looking back, reflecting on the, the, the year we've had, um, your, your highlights, the moment of uh, 2013. Jan, do you have a special like thing that happened there, a special moment you could look back on and say... Yeah, I'll, I'll remember that in I think a few years' the, uh, time. I think all the moments are to do with Suarez, isn't it? You know, m- most of them are, are positive, although there is a couple mm. of negatives, isn't it? You know, <laughs> uh, and, and some of the play, and 
his hat his, 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 his four goals at, at Anfield against Norwich City uh, <clears throat> of the third one being you know the four tappings yeah but it's you know when you because after a while you kind of forget the goals don't you go I think that the third one will live in the memory where he flicks it over yeah. and then <coughs> on the half volley behind your standing leg doesn't smash it but it's a controlled guide into the to the corner isn't it I mean contorts his body completely just yeah. to make just to, to get the right connection exactly. on the ball it's, it's, it's one of those Love moments it no but it's, it's one of those moments <laughs> and you go you know that's special because you know yourself as a player you know as a player you know Absolutely. what's hard and what isn't hard yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know and sometimes fans get kidding and they go that's hard and you go well actually that's not that difficult no. but that is I really really difficult you know? you, you, you're right yeah. he, he, that, that man amazes you every, week in week out to me you know he, he, he is uh, if Gareth Bale's worth what, what, whatever he went for was it 85 million pound was it then, then, then Suarez wow because I think Suarez pound for pound is a way better footballer I mean take get, get, um, Bale's pace away is he as good as Louis is he, any, is he up there with him no he ain't nowhere near and uh, I just think that Louis Suarez is probably at this moment in time, Yen, he's got to be classed as, if not the best, one of the best players in the, in the world for what for, for what he does. But going back to the moments, you know, you know, you can talk about Suarez. My moment would be is is that Jamie Carragher had been a stalwart for, for for Liverpool and he'd been left out for long periods of, of you know of the second half of the season, and then for him to come back as he did after you know, and, and, and it's always hard to wait in the wings, Yankee, isn't it? When you get towards the end of your career. And you're getting frustrated, and to, to keep yourself match fit, and for him to come back and bounce back and play as well as he did, yeah. for a man of that ilk, for Jamie, I was I was really really pleased for him. So that for, for a moment, for the, that second part of the season, that was for me that was fantastic because you know it, it is difficult to be to be waiting your time and thinking you should be in the side, but the team are, you know playing half decent, but then all of a sudden he gets his chance. And I remember texting him after they played at Chelsea away. I think they won down at Chelsea, didn't they? And um, I texted him and I said to him, Cara, absolutely first class. Because the defending before that hadn't been great. And I texted him to say, listen, you know, that was down to you, the way you've marshaled it, the way you've, you've organised the players in front yeah. of you. And he sent one back. He said, he said, righty, thanks very much, but I'll be, I'll be definitely feeling it tomorrow because I'm absolutely knackered. Yeah. And that was, but, that's, but that's Jamie. He always responds to you. And he's such a, a fantastic fella. I was pleased for the way he performed when he got back into the side to say, listen to everybody. I'm still here, so that for me was a, was a big moment. And maybe I'm a bit biased because I'm, no, I'm a centre half. No, no, I, I think I think that's a great moment. I remember exactly that with him coming back into the team again, and all of a sudden, you know, organisation was there again because yeah. at that time, you know, with him being out, it was getting a bit uh, flaky. Mm. Oh, that, that's a great moment. Uh, what about oh, that's that's definitely Tom. one of my, um, you know, especially in 2013. You know, to come through with Cara we started our journey together you know to watch him finish it and I think if he would have went out um, just sat on the bench it wouldn't have been a, it wouldn't have been a good ending for him but the fact that he did yeah. you know he spent so long on the bench what three months just waiting for, a, for an opportunity and the team weren't playing very well you know the, the back four weren't defending great and they, I always felt that they needed him um, and to come back and play like he did and sign off like he did you know it was um, you know it's, it's just it's Highlight of the year. It's, it's yeah. a highlight of the year, but um, you know he's, he's such a great lad, and and always been a, a great friend to me. Um, so I was pleased for that. 
Yeah, I, I think you're quite right. You're touching something when a player is, is leaving, he should get the opportunity to play in front of the crowd again uh, and to say thank you to them and, and uh, you know, with all his teammates. If, if you think just a year or two earlier than that, do you remember when Sammy Hupio was finishing and Rafa? Has got him on the bench. It was his last game at Arnfield, last game at Arnfield, and I thought, well, he's on the bench, big Sammy, but he's been so popular with everybody. He'll bring him on with half an hour to go. No. Half an hour comes. I went, well, he's bound to bring him, you know, for quarter an hour, you know, five minutes, and he just get him. No, he never. And I thought, what a terrible, terrible mistake that he never got the chance that to do what Cara did. Yeah, that goes That's back to that man management though as yeah. well. Say, you know, it's knowing your players and knowing what how good a servant they've been you know Sammy has been a great servant they got him, they got him for nothing and he gave, he gave everything in every game and he was you know he was such a marvellous man but it, you know it comes back to that man management giving yeah. him that opportunity the, the send off that he deserves yes to, to come out play for whatever half an hour or so and, and leave to the applause of the crowd as a cheer of lads and uh, it's been great being here and uh, as you say man management it, it didn't happen Right then, boys, who would you say was the unsung hero of 2013? Uh, we know Suarez has been the hero and the villain at times, but uh, who's the unsung hero? Who would be the unsung hero for me uh, of 2013? I think I'd have to keep going back to um, uh, Jordan Henderson, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm being honest, because he came and he wasn't setting the world alight. Yeah, and and I think that he was he was finding things difficult. Whether it was the coming to a massive club like Liverpool, I think he um, his performances weren't great. His effort was there, and it's always been there. And I think you know, from 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 January of this year to date, the the transformation in in in, in one individual has been remarkable for me. Um, and I look at him and I and I turn around and I think I think, you know, how even for me, I think how has he done that? And that must be from good management. Must be they must be talking to him all the time, giving him that encouragement. And I think he's starting to become uh, a, a, a main, uh, like a, a main player for, for Liverpool. But I don't think he was at start at the start. And I think a lot of people um, in the fans and even ex players were were doubting what he could actually bring to the table. So I think as an unsung player, I, I would say, or oh, is that the most improved most improved player? I suppose it's uh, to me it's one and the same unsung hero. You know he hasn't done he hasn't done a lot, but his transformation and his journey to this date to this point in time has been has been fantastic. So it maybe it ties in with most improved player as well as unsung hero for me. But I just I just I think the work that he must have done. I think he's a keen lad. I think he's a hundred percenter. Um, so we, having that in your locker always makes you gives you the chance to to fulfil potential or to become a better player if you are, if you've got that mentality that you're going to give a hundred percent every day. You know day in day out. And I think that's what he's got. Um, but then to listen to what Brendan or the coaches or people like Steven Gerrard and the ex-players are saying to him to what they should bring to the table, I think he's listened to a lot. He's been a sponge, and I think he's. And I think he would be my my person that when you look at someone, he is um, he's transformed himself. Not only other people have really helped him along the way, but he's really helped himself like to become. Nice, yeah. Seems like a nice lad as well. But he seems like a great, like a lovely fella. I think he's probably one of those clean living lads that just wants to do the right things. You never hear about him going out and, and, and drinking. One. I just think he still, still early days. I think yeah. I think when he came, yeah. I think when he came here, you know, he knew he was. I think he was. Um, 
overawed by everything, by it's, by it's Liverpool, and he didn't know quite what to do or how to play. And I just think that he thought, well, I've got to knuckle down and give it the best the best shot I possibly can. And that's why I have a, I have a lot of respect for him, because I, I think he's really given it a good go. And at this moment in time, he's starting, he's starting to, to, to really improve and put, and put his mark yeah. on games. But I also think that when you're at Liverpool and it's not quite working for you, you've got two options, haven't you? Mm. You either get on with it yeah. and stay at Liverpool. Yep. Or you go somewhere else and you go... Why would I want to go elsewhere? Correct. You know, I'm at Liverpool, and if it's not quite working for you at Liverpool, you're not going to go to one of the other big clubs. So you, you might as well go. No, do you know what? I'm going to have a real go here because I want to be here. You know. I think it, one of the most important things, and, and Mark touched on it before, was he's got a coach there that believes in him. Mm. You yep. know, and he's obviously doing wonders with him. He's given him the confidence to go out and and. and and let him know that he deserves to play at that level he deserves his place he's been one of the mainstays of the team he's been playing on the right he's been playing in the middle but I think you know he listens to everything what, what Brendan uh, tells him but he's thrived since Fergie brought his book out I think I think that's <laughs> his confidence has yeah. gone through the roof well, I don't yeah. know whether it was the acknowledgement from Fergie and the, the, the furore yeah. that went with that I, I, personally I don't think it was um, it was ever an issue what, what, whatever he said was never really a problem he took it on board and you know and he, he's thrived since then but Brendan handled it well he handled it well and hmm. Fergie has been absolutely sensational this year I'll tell you what he's got he, he, he has got that keenness and that willingness to, to try his best at all times mm. and, and I hate going back to it but when you look at what spurs these so called international players not trying a leg Yang, and, and having a, a mental weakness you know this kid hasn't had that you know you talk about all the stick he was getting when he first came in and all the, bit, the bits and pieces that he heard probably being said about himself he's carried on through all that he has given 100% and has run his, his socks off every single game that he's participated in. So that's why I got a lot of respect for him. And he's handled that pressure and then now stepped forward. And I seem to think that the other day, without Stephen playing, that was his best game. Right. It, like the shackles, oh, the shackles were off, yeah. and off, you know, and off he went. Yeah. Up to the plate, didn't mm. can, can I just mention a player that I, that I think, and that is our goalkeeper, Mignolet, because he come in on the back of... Pepe Reina leaving, who was very popular, as we all know. Pepe was, the fans loved him. And this lad came in, and everybody's going, oh, what's going to happen here? Now, I think he has won the fans over. I think his displays at times have been terrific. Uh, and I think I would put him down as an unsung hero. Yes? I would well, think that we, we shouldn't underestimate Daniel Surridge's part. You know, <coughs> he came to the club and a lot of raised eyebrows you know we all saw the talent but not quite sure and also the way that he almost carried the team when, when Suarez was suspended you know I think his goals at a very crucial, crucial period yeah. was, was, was a big part of 2013 yeah. I mean we forget about him at the moment because mm, he's not playing and, yeah, and we are playing really really well yeah. but isn't, it, isn't it nice to know that you know he's out the team and, and the link up with Suarez has been brilliant he's out the team and yet the team is winning yeah, yeah. and nobody sort of mentions it yeah. which means that things are going in the right direction so definitely I mean yeah. now I wish then boys talked about the, the year gone by next year what is you know in a sense what would you say you wish for apart from the league title yeah, which I think we'd all want for, for next year it's all that's a big prediction isn't it yeah. to say we're, you know, we're about to win the title I don't know I think you know, it's step by step isn't it so 2014 in the summer we we qualify for the Champions League isn't it you know, I, I think that's the first step you take it from there Mark yeah I agree I, th I think you know 
that is well within uh, capabilities at the moment is to um, is to get in the top four. And Jan said before it's between five clubs, I, and, I, and, I, and I agree with that. And I think that we're playing such good football and scoring so many goals. We, every time that Liverpool turn out, you, you expect them to score goals because they they play with that that you know that freedom when they go forward, Yang. I mean, there are certain things that at the back they need to sort out, especially with the performance, like you said before, against you know Hull. You need to put them sort of things right if you're to win it, to win a league, and to get into the Champions League. Yeah, you, you know you need to put that right. But I think the wish would be to to get back um, to where the Liverpool fans and the Liverpool club and the manager and, and all of us want them to be is Champions League, because that brings another another level to Liverpool again, to in, in their progression to step forward. Whether they're good enough to to, to, to win a league would be. Uh, is, is, is you know is up in the air, but I suppose the wish list would be if, if I was being honest, um, with Steven Gerrard getting that little bit older, it would be to win a league because for him to say, listen, yes. he's won everything. Then you know, yeah, and, and, and if you're a, a, a top player, a legend like he is, he's only missing one thing, and he needs that league title. So I think that would be that would be that would be fitting for him to get that. So I wish this would be probably to win a league. Before he retires, <laughs> and if it's this year, then fantastic. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, as I said before, my expectations have already been raised this season because, um, you know, I was disappointed when we didn't sign them, uh, the people we were linked with. But, <coughs> you know, being in the position that we're in now and playing the style of football that we're playing, I think the only way that you win the Premier League is playing attacking football and going out and trying to score goals at the minute. We've got two strikers who are very capable of scoring goals. I think if Suarez could touch the 30 goal a season mark, you've got half a chance. You've got Sturridge who can chip in, and maybe another midfielder who could chip in. But at the same time, you've got a goalkeeper there who could he could be the difference. He could he could get you another 12 points a season, and he's playing that well. So th- there is a possibility. That, I mean, it's an outside chance that they could win. The, they could win it. You know, if you get you look at uh, Man United last year. Van Persie scoring the goals, he basically got them the title. You know, they still had the same amount of points as they did the year year before, but Van Persie got them the title. Thirty goals, I think you've got a great chance. Well, that's it, boys, and uh, I, th- I think you've touched on, on on the major things there, and you know, really good talking points for the fans. And uh, on that note, we wish everybody, every Liverpool fan around the world, and we're talking around the world these days, Jan. We're not just talking Liverpool. Uh, our fans around the world, we, we wish you all. Very Merry Christmas and a happy and prosperous and successful New Year. Goodbye. The legends are going on tour and again there's a silver lining. Dublin, February 27th, 2014. Olympic Theatre Dublin, Jamie Carragher and Diddy Haman. Their Champions League story. Robbie Fowler, Steve McManaman and Jason McAteer. Norway, 26th and 27th of March, 2014 in Oslo and Bergen. All the details online, fivetimes.co. Tickets already selling fast. Don't be the one to miss out. Fivetimes.co. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.